Welcome to Design 30. My name is Jason Bilyeu, and this is my podcast where I provide design strategies and tools to improve creativity, innovation, and overall design confidence. Well, first of all, Happy New Year, Happy 2023, and I think it's only fitting that this is the 23rd episode of the Design 30 podcast coming out the first week of 2023. Coincidence? Maybe, maybe not. I don't know. 23 is also my favorite number, or at least one of my favorite numbers. So I think this year is going to be pretty awesome. As always, you can find Design 30 on YouTube. You can find me on Substack and become a free subscriber or a paid subscriber if you want to support the podcast. And then you can also find Design 30 on Instagram and on Twitter. With that, let's dive into this episode. This one is titled The 80-20 Rule. And the 80-20 Rule is also known as the Pareto Principle. And it was first introduced by Vilfredo Pareto, hence the name, in 1906. And he was one day out in his garden, I suppose, and noticed that 20% of his pea pods produced 80% of the peas. And this was something that struck him and kind of stuck with his mind and stuck with them. And as he started doing a bit more research, trying to apply this to different uh, areas of specifically economics, he looked at the population of Italy and found that 20% of the population held 80% of the wealth. So there's a very interesting correlation between what he noticed with his pea pods, where 20% of the pea pod plants produced 80% of the peas. And then with the population of Italy and how the wealth was distributed, and 20% of the population held 80% of the wealth. Later on, a doctor by the name of Joseph Duran in the year 1940 he also took this Pareto principle and applied it in a different situation. So he worked in operations and in quality control. And he found that approximately 80% of product defects were caused by 20% of problems or of the problems in the production method. So he later termed this the vital few in the trivial many. And this means that there are a vital few problems that if you were to solve those, you would help improve 80% of the product defects or remove 80% of the product defects. And then there's a trivial many, lots of other problems that you could potentially address, uh, but aren't vital. They're not going to have the same sort of uh, output or improvements that addressing this 20% would. And he noticed that by focusing on this vital few, you could very quickly improve the quality of your products uh, and the quality of your overall uh, production floor. So hence him being a uh, quality control expert. So there's a core principle to the 80-20 rule that in this case, I found it on Investopedia. I thought they described it really well. And they say it's at its core, the 80-20 rule is about identifying an entity's best assets 
and using them efficiently to create maximum value. So this will make more sense as we dive into more and more examples, uh, but I wanna give a few more definitions to start uh, just to help prime the rest of this conversation. So a common definition from the universal principles of design is approximately 80% of the effects generated by any large system are caused by 20% of the variables in that system. Or yet another description from Investopedia, 80% of outcomes or outputs result from 20% of all the causes or inputs for any given event. And just keeping this going from an article I found on Forbes, they also had a really simple definition. And it goes, 80% of results will come from just 20% of the action. So this rule, although not mathematically accurate necessarily in all situations, is a good rule of thumb. Of course, in reality, it could be 79-21 or 70-30 or 85-15 rule and so on and so forth. It's not exactly 80% and 20% but it is a really helpful heuristic for making decisions. And I think you'll see that as we dive into a couple examples. So let's go into that right now. Starting off uh, with this first example, 80% of the use of a product involves just 20% of the features designed into it. And there's some really good examples of this uh, and a few of them I'm sure you will recognize. The first one is Excel. We've all used Excel, whether you used it in school or used it at work. It's probably one of the most common softwares. Everyone uses it. But how many of us actually use all of the capabilities that Excel has to offer? For example, there's pivot tables and macros you can write for it. And there's all sorts of different plots and graphs and all these different variations and colors and a pretty... Uh, impressive amount of features built into this software. Yet, most of us use it to input some data, uh, maybe do a sum of a column, some pretty basic stuff. So we're using about, you know, on average, 20% of the features that Excel actually has to offer. It could even be less. That might be an example where maybe you're only using 5% or 10% of the features that it has to offer. Another example is your iPhone. So pull out your iPhone and think about all the different apps that you have downloaded on there. How many of them do you actually use on a regular basis? If you're like me, you probably use the calculator app every now and then. Uh, you probably use the timer app, it's pretty handy. Definitely the camera, uh, take pictures or videos all the time. I think most of us do. And then you probably have Instagram and Facebook and a few apps like that. But if you were to look at all of the apps you have downloaded, there's a good chance you're gonna be close to this 80-20 rule where you're only using 20% of the apps that are actually on your phone. Another example is a blender. Uh, if you look at a blender, not all of them, some of them are pretty simple, but there's a lot of them with all these different features where you can do ice crush or smoothie or pulse or puree or steer or stir or chop. And how many of us actually use all of those? I mean, I typically just use Pulse, and maybe if I'm making a smoothie, I'll hit the smoothie button. But I use about 20% of the actual features built into the blender. And it's the same thing with a microwave. Microwaves 
commonly have a popcorn button and a frozen meat button, a potato button. And maybe I'm missing out. Maybe there is, uh, these are actually really useful and I should use them on a regular basis. I, I do make popcorn and, and thaw frozen meat. Um, but typically I just think of a time that makes sense or look at the box for whatever I'm cooking, see what it recommends, type in the time, hit go. So again, only using about 20% of the features that are built into this thing. And 80% of them go unused. Another example is 80% of the traffic is on 20% of roads. And this is something that, especially if you're a city planner, you should definitely take note. But in my experience, and I'm fairly certain in most people's experience, this is true. We all know the roads in our towns or in our cities where the traffic is going to be terrible. So that's probably around, maybe even less than 20%. Again, this is just a rule of thumb, but a large percent of the roads aren't gonna have heavy traffic. And this, if you are a city planner or someone who's you know, a mayor, maybe something like that, this is good to know. You're gonna have to probably put 80% of your resources on keeping those roads in good shape, uh, those are the roads you're going to want to make sure you keep plowed so people can make it to work. Different things like that. Another example, 80% of revenue comes from 20% of products produced by that company. So one takeaway from this uh, is don't panic if some of your products fail. Uh, there's a good chance that only 20% of your products are really going to take off and be your top performers. You can also figure out your top 20% and then push those, or you can put more resources towards those. Perhaps you can work to reduce some of the issues that that 20% have to help them produce even more revenue for your company. Another example, 80% of innovation comes from 20% of the people in the company or the region or the country. So a big takeaway from this is find the innovators in your company and make sure you're retaining them. These are the people who are going to take your company to the next level. They're gonna help you to bring that 10X improvement, improve revenue. Uh, these are the people that are gonna be the most impactful. Also, what this tells you is don't expect everyone to be an innovator. It's only gonna be probably about 20% of your team that are real innovators. So other people are gonna have different strengths and different skills. And those are definitely people you're going to need, you're going to want, uh, but don't expect everyone to be able to produce the same level of innovation on your team or in your company. The next one, 80% of issues are caused by 20% of features or components. So again, here there's an opportunity for efficiency. Uh, you can cut out all of these features that nobody uses that still cause problems. And a lot of the time it is these features that maybe you throw it on because you know you can, you know the system's capable of it, so you include it. But then there's a little bug here or a little issue there, maybe a manufacturing problem with one of these features you added. And there's really no value added to the product by it. And all you're doing is just increasing the number of issues uh, that you have to deal with. So knowing that 80% of issues are caused by 20% of the features allows you to figure out where these issues are coming from. And if you address that 20%, you're gonna reduce your overall issue load or your issue tracker by 80%. So 
So focus your team on the 20% of features that are causing this 80% of problems. Next, 80% of sales will come from 20% of salesmen. So this is one that I think would bring more true in a larger company with lots of salespeople. In my company, for example, I think we only have three salesmen and it's fairly evenly split between them. I don't know exactly the numbers, uh, but my expectation would be that it's fairly evenly split. So again, this isn't always true. And especially in small teams or in a small system of variables, uh, it's less likely to be true. So as uh, one of the definitions I mentioned earlier from the universal principles of design said, approximately 80% of the effects generated by any large system are caused by 20% of the variables in that system. So the key here is large system. Summarizing a little bit here, when you use the 80-20 rule, there are a few things that it allows you to do. First of all, it allows you to focus resources. You can figure out what are your 20% top performing products? Uh, what are your 20% of issues that are causing 80% of your problems? And you can focus resources, focus people, focus time, or focus money on those things. And this will also allow you to improve efficiency. If you're focusing time and energy and money on the right things, that's going to be a much more efficient use of time and money than if you're focusing on these 80% of trivial issues that don't really have any large impact on the company or on the system as a whole. It also allows you to design robust products because you're focusing on the problems, the issues that are most likely to crop up. So you're focusing on the problems that are most likely going to be seen by your users. It helps you understand failures and also helps you understand your downtime and how to reduce downtime. Again, focusing on these 20% of your vital issues, uh, of the problems that are most likely to occur in manufacturing or production, and making sure to solve those is going to reduce downtime and reduce the overall number of failures that your product has. It'll also help you manage your teams, help you manage your products, and help you manage your projects by being more efficient and more effective overall, focusing your time, your money, and your resources in the right areas. So again, just to reiterate, if you focus on the 80% of features that are rarely used, there's gonna be diminishing returns. Or for example, if you focus on the 80% of problems that don't really have large impacts or aren't happening that frequently, aren't causing that many issues, there's not gonna be much of a return for focusing energy and time on that. There's no benefits to it. But if you focus on the 20% that are causing huge issues, that are causing downtime, maybe causing failures for your users out in the world, those are the ones we're gonna see much larger returns much faster. And as a manager, if you, have a focused team, they're going to be more productive, they're gonna be more positive, and they're gonna be a more passionate team. So again, this is huge for you as a manager, figuring out what's this 20% that's worth focusing on. And this kind of leads back to the core principle that I mentioned earlier from that nice little article from Investopedia. And it says, at its core, the 80-20 rule is about identifying an, an entity's best assets and using them efficiently to create maximum value. 
So you want to focus on potentially who your best uh, engineers are, who are your most innovative workers, who are your best salesmen. And that's where you want to focus time, money, energy, and that's going to create a lot more efficiency and a lot more value for your company. So now the design 30 discipline for this episode and going into this new year, how can the 80, 20 rule help you focus your time and your energy? So number one, I want you to write down all of your goals for the year. If you're like me, you probably have way too many. I think uh, my initial list had around 40 goals, something like that. Uh, But write them all down and then study these and try to determine which ones will lead to the most value in your life. And try to narrow this down to about 20%. So you want the goals that, again, will lead to the most value. Also the most likely, maybe not the most likely, but the most realistic for you to actually be able to accomplish. You want to be realistic goals which kind of goes without saying. And then focus on this 20% uh, for the new year. And it's not about saying that the other 80% don't matter. Um, Of course they do. It's just about focusing on which ones that if you actually complete them will improve your life, improve your skills, improve your health in the most dramatic ways. And that's it for this first week of 2023. If you want more Design 30 content, you can always find me on YouTube, Instagram, Substack. Uh, You can shoot me an email at learndesign30 at gmail.com. And then as of recently, you can also find uh, Learn Design 30 on uh, Twitter as well. I've also been posting a little bit about some of my goals uh, for the new year, specifically one that I've named uh, the Inflammation Reduction Act, which I thought was fairly clever. Uh, But if you want to learn more about that, go ahead and follow Learn Design 30 on Instagram or on Twitter. With that, everyone have a great week of design. And as always, remember, design more, despair less. Thanks for listening.